This is the Happy Employee Podcast, brought to you by Start Within. Hi everyone, welcome to the Happy Employee Podcast. I'm Abby from Start Within and I'm joined by Mike. Hi everybody. And today we're going to be talking about return to work anxiety. Yeah, a lot of people um, have spoken to me about this in the last few weeks or so. Um, As we'll have seen in the news, particularly here in the UK, um, lockdown is easing and a lot of people are worried ahead of returning back to work. So hopefully today we can look at why it is posing such a problem right now in terms of the anxiety that's being caused around returning to work, uh, how this might affect us. So um, signs and symptoms of anxiety to, to look out for. And also, and most importantly, what we can do to manage return to work anxiety as well, because this situation is certainly unique and uh, heading back to work is not going to be easy for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, Abby, from what you've kind of noticed and the people that you've spoken to over the last few weeks, the kind of people that we've been working with that start within, why do you think return to work anxiety is such a problem? Well, for me, I'm going to talk about me personally. Okay. Um, working from home has been a massive change um, and something that we've all had to get used to. I mean, I've worked from home before, but going into this full-time working from home, it's been it's been different. And not, not only just the working from home, having the, the fear of COVID-19 and all that as well, but now we've kind of got ourselves in a routine, hopefully, and then we've got to change it again. Mm. And I think it's just, we've only just got used to lockdown and now we, everything's got to change. And it's not going back to normal, is it? It's mm. that new normal. It's a bit of the unknown, really. So I think for me personally, it's all about change and it's all about what's going to happen. Mm. And uncertainty. So, yeah, yeah. You, the, the two the two key parts of that that I picked up on, certainly, and what you said there, and also the conversations that I've had with people over the last few weeks and that's been across all kind of sectors and all backgrounds as well and it's been a a consistent theme has been change which has been it's become a constant in our lives even more so than it ever was uh, with everything associated with the lockdown and COVID-19 everything's changing every day whether that's our working situation um, what's happening with our kids or also just around the virus as well it's constantly changing the guidance the instructions for us so with change comes stress and anxiety anyway regardless of whether that's good change or bad change Mm -hmm. but in this situation there's so much uncertainty associated with it as well and that's the second part that you touched on is uncertainty Um, not knowing what one day holds from the next Mm -hmm. it's really anxiety inducing and that's for those of us that normally don't perhaps even struggle with our mental health some of us may have never even experienced anxiety before Mm -hmm. or felt really worried about something like this so it's been a challenge for absolutely everybody um, and one that I'm afraid is going to continue. But there's things that hopefully we can do to manage it and to help us cope. Yeah, I think you've mentioned a few things there, such as the children, um, having children. and You've had to find a new way of working from home and then now it's going back to work. And is it going to go back to nurseries and how's that mm. childcare thing going to work out or did we prefer it now? So I think that's going to be a big issue for a lot of parents with with that change um another one that i've thought of is that a lot of people i know um especially in some of the industries that we work in is is 
job security. So mm. are we even going to be returning to work full stop? Um, I know quite a few people that have been on furlough, so not working at all during this time. And I know a few people that are either being made redundant or on review for, for redundancy. So that in itself is mm. making people anxious. Yeah. I mean, what, we don't know whether we even have a work to return to. Yeah. Um, One of the biggest worries in day-to-day life before COVID-19 was always going to be work and mm. financial worries and job yeah. security and having enough money to keep everything going. And that's obviously just been made even tougher by this, this horrible virus and this lockdown that's been imposed upon us. And it's also made me just think of another one. Okay. Um, so with all these redundancies and things happening, um, obviously people are worried about that. Like you said, financial worries, job security. But then for the people that are going back to work, they can be worried about their workload because yeah. they might know that people on their team are being made redundant. They might be thinking, am I going to have double the amount of work to do now? Yeah. Or I've been off for this amount of time. Am I going to be really out of practice? Am I going to be able to get up at 7am and, mm. and get to work and remember how to do all these things like I used yeah, to? Yeah, that's a really good point. And also the impact that morale and uh, we've talked before how important community is for our mental health and our well-being. And if you're going back to work and two or three of your closest colleagues unfortunately have lost their job Mm. or um, something like that or are still at home because they've got sort of care responsibilities or have to stay at home for the sake of children or things like that then there's your morale and the morale of your wider team and also that community aspect it may feel like something that's quite alien not quite the same as it was before it may have an impact on your ability to do your job so there's so many different dynamics at play I think in terms of returning to work Mm. we all get that or some of us get that certainly sort of not in the pit of our stomach on a Sunday night maybe when we've got a busy work a week a week of work I should say ahead I used to have that for years yeah so if you magnify that by a million um, in terms of you haven't been at work for three four months um, and there's been a global health pandemic in the middle of it um, and now you're going back to a workplace that's probably going to look quite a lot different the way Mm. you're going to work is going to be quite a lot different um, and the people that are there might be different all those things Again, it links back really closely to what we talked about at the start around um, anxiety induced by uncertainty, not mm-hmm. uh, not knowing and not being confident in how things are going to play out. So, um, yeah, I think that if we expect to be able to just return to work and it be exactly as it was before and us to feel exactly as we did before, um, then we're going to be in for an unfortunate surprise. So, um, yeah, it's about looking ahead now, I think, planning mm-hmm. for it considering what's important and trying to look after ourselves and others as we um, tackle the next challenge, really. Yeah. And with that in mind, um, I wanted to just cover very briefly a little bit more on anxiety, because as we said, some people listening to this may have never actually experienced what I would describe as sort of acute anxiety. We all have anxiety in some way, shape or form in our lives. We might not realise it's anxiety, but anxiety is essentially that feeling of unease, worry or fear that can accompany a stressful situation, can sometimes persist beyond that, or we get it before something entirely normal, such as a driving test or a first date or on our wedding day or Mm. meeting somebody for the first time through our work. We get that natural level of anxiety, which kind of heightens our awareness um, and sometimes actually helps us to perform a little better as well. Um, When anxiety becomes a problem is when it endures, when it persists and when it has 
a negative effect on our ability to cope in our day-to-day life. And if the prospect of returning to work and everything that's associated with it is having an impact on our ability to cope, then that's when we need to take a closer look at it. Yeah. So you, you said there about when it all gets a little bit too much and, and when, yeah. it, when it persists. So how might that affect us then? I always break anxiety down into three different parts. There's the physical symptoms of anxiety, there's the emotional impact and also the behavioural effect that it has on us. Mm-hmm. So we've talked on a previous podcast around the physical symptoms of anxiety yeah. and how worry can manifest itself physically, but that's going to be stuff like churning stomach, sweaty palms, tensing our muscles, grinding our teeth, clenched jaw, breathing. breathing. Yeah, that's a really, really important one, actually. Possibly the most important to think about in terms of physical anxiety, our inability to breathe properly. So mm-hmm. we've covered some stuff before about how to kind of slow and regulate our breathing Uh, and then there's the emotional drain that it can have on us as well because we're feeling these kind of peaks and troughs of emotion um, and we're at this heightened state of arousal a lot of the time um, it can actually be really tiring to be constantly anxious and then there's the behavioral effect of it as well so it might affect our appetite we might be eating less because we just don't feel hungry or we might actually be trying to eat more to help kind of self-medicate and help us to feel a little bit better around mm-hmm. the anxiety that we're feeling. Um, it can affect our sleep. It can cause kind of outbursts of anger or crying or something like that, uh, kind of real extremes of emotion. Uh, and it can also cause lethargy. So we can be lacking in motivation and purpose because this anxiety is so all-consuming. We can't mm-hmm. see a way out of it. Yeah. So a lot of things there as well that or feelings or symptoms of more everyday life things so we might not necessarily mm. notice that it's exactly. anxiety it's just whether it gets to that extreme I suppose is, is what you're saying yeah so um what can we do about it then what can we do if we're feeling anxious about returning to work yeah let's look at the positive because it's been quite uh, negative up to this point we've talked about what uh why it's a problem and how it might affect us but I think it's important always to look forward um and look at the hopeful side of things as Mm -hmm. well. So I have two top tips um, that I would like to get across to everybody today. Um, And then there's a few other little things that I could probably follow up on after that as well. Um, The first of which is communication. Now, I think there are going to be so many different dynamics at play when we're returning to work that it's going to be a really, really difficult situation, as we've discussed. And also it's going to possibly cause conflict in the workplace as well if we don't articulate Mm. how we're feeling. Um, So, for example, you might have somebody returning to work who's been on furlough. So they've not been working for the entire lockdown period. Oh, I see. Yeah. They're going to be returning to work at the same time as somebody who has their children fresh um, back into school. So they're going to have their own worries around that. Um, They may actually feel relieved about that. Uh, But then you might have somebody who's trying to work from home who's having to still homeschool. Then you might have people who've worked through the entirety of lockdown, possibly harder than ever, And they're probably on the edge of burning out. Um, Then you have people who might be more worried about catching the virus. Those who have health concerns that put them at greater risk. Those that perhaps aren't so worried about catching the virus. Do you see what I mean? There's going to be so many different... I feel like uh, a lot of the people that have worked for our are hating on the furloughed employees at the moment and jealous. Yeah, we've laughed about it um, and discussed it before, haven't we? But But then at the same time, I think a lot of the furloughed people at the same time, as much as it sounds like it's a great holiday, 
they're looking for that purpose and that routine again and they're secretly Definitely. jealous of the people that are working it's yeah. it's that grass is always greener thing isn't yeah. it? yeah so there's gonna unless we talk to each other unless we're patient with each other and we show compassion and we listen to what's big in each other's lives at that time more than ever i think it's so important that we talk um, and sometimes it's easier said than done but what i would encourage anybody to do who's feeling anxious about returning to work because they've got concerns around doing so for whatever reason it might be is to open that dialogue as soon as you can with your employer and with your peers um, and also with professional support if that's what you need but um, particularly with with your line manager yeah definitely Mm -hmm. I would say first and foremost if you're worried because you've got to come back to work but the kids have literally just started back in school and you're worried about them then you know it means being brave it means being quite putting yourself out there sometimes but I think it's really important that we try to have that conversation as early as possible. So this is what's going on with me. I'm keen to come back to work. I'll always do my best, but I've got other things on my plate right now. Because what's really worrying for me is everybody trying to come back to work and pretend that things are as of, as of they've always been. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think that people are going to quickly suffer um, and quickly encounter problems if we don't. Um, open up that discussion so communication is really really important more Mm -hmm. important than ever I think yeah definitely Uh, and the second point I have is around self-care now we talk about self-care a lot at Start Within it's really at the core of everything we do we're called Start Within after all so we believe that everything starts with (laughs) yourself um, and looking after yourself but again right now it's brought it into really sort of sharp relief how important it is to care for ourselves because we're going through a lot of change as we discussed we're heading back into a workplace where we have might have worries about safety, where we might have worries about security in terms of our job, where we might have worries about um, actually being able to perform as we want to perform. And then we might have those worries about what everyone else thinks of us based on the conversation yeah. we've just had. Yeah. Um, so it's important that we take time to stop, breathe, relax and reflect and really hang on to those things that are important in our routine in terms of self-care so we're probably going to want to throw ourselves back into work and get back to where we were get back on top of the workload that makes it even more important that we schedule in time for ourselves now abby what do you like to do for your self-care oh put you on the spot as always um, wouldn't be a podcast episode without me doing so self-care um i like reading um yoga know how many you want me to list i've been enjoying doing things in the garden mm-hmm. growing vegetables um would these count i feel yeah, like i'm just no, listing perfect hobbies. so how often when you're really busy at work do you find time to do those things rarely ever really? if you do it at the weekend okay and when you have a really busy work week how do you feel on a friday evening like having a glass of wine and sitting down doing nothing yeah and how does that make you feel um good in the moment uh maybe not so good the next morning yeah exactly and that provides a good example of using a coping strategy to deal with stress and anxiety perhaps but possibly not the positive coping strategy that we'd like you to use and you've highlighted those positive coping strategies through the things that you like to do um and while i appreciate it's much easier said than done to say we need to build these things into our routine even when we're busy i just feel it's so so important to make sure we hang on to those things because if we don't look after ourselves we can't do our best at work we can't be the best person at home for our family and our friends and also we need to do it for ourselves and particularly around this situation where there's so much uncertainty and so much anxiety as we've discussed 
we need to take that time to be kind to ourselves. And I do feel that a lot of people have learned this during lockdown. It's been a big lesson for everyone that sometimes it's better to slow down, appreciate the little things and those things that we enjoy doing instead of being all on the on the go mm. um and i do think that a lot of people will look to to try and and do more for themselves yeah post lockdown definitely well. my big hope is that people do that uh but that they keep it realistic as well yeah so you might not be able to spend as much time in the garden as you are now or as much time <laughs> reading as you are now but um realizing how those things make you feel um mm. and trying to implement them into your routine so you'll probably have a routine around work and your social life so why not build it into your schedule yeah yeah and also so you've said there your two top tips are all about communication and self-care yeah but I just thought I'd share what what is working for me definitely and it's what you've talked a lot about before and it's about the worry tree that we Mm -hmm. use that's in some of our previous episodes and it's all about that letting worry go and stop worrying about what we can't control yeah yeah, and I, I've literally um, used that as my mantra during the lockdown, and, and that's what I've lived by. And um, I think you've noticed it yourself with me that mm. I'm such a stressor and panicky person normally, but I'm just sitting back now. I, I can't control anything. I've actually found myself much more relaxed than I would be normally. Um, yeah, I've definitely noticed that in you. Um, I've noticed it in other people as well that I know because it's been forced upon us. So it's really important that we don't forget all these useful lessons we've learned, I think. Um, And it's interesting that just as we've learned these lessons and we've adopted perhaps uh, a more relaxed outlook, Mm. that as soon as somebody mentions going back to work, that's when we fall (laughs) back into all those old routines. We start to worry about everything. We can't sleep at night because there's that Mm. spectre of work hanging over us. And I think that more than ever, we need to hang on to those positives that we've um, taken out of lockdown. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So um, we've talked a lot about what we would do as employees Mm-hmm. Um, feeling that worry and, and anxious about that return to work. Yeah. But how about if you're a manager or if you're an employer or um, like in the HR team or anything like that, what, yeah. what can they do to help employees that may be worrying? Yeah, well, I think that the two top tips apply there as well. So yeah. uh, as an employer, you can firstly, I think it's really important that as an employer or a line manager or whoever you might be in a position of responsibility with those who perhaps look up to you is to be candid and open yourself if you feel comfortable to do so. So mm. if you've found lockdown tough, if you've found it hard to adapt to home working, if you're a little bit anxious about heading back to work and you're happy to articulate that, then then do so. Because if somebody's looking up to you as to lead by example and you're happy to have that conversation, then they'll probably feel more open to talking to you about it. Mm. Um Similarly, if you facilitate the opportunity for them to talk about their feelings, so rather than going straight in on how we're going to go back to work and all the practicalities of doing so, actually open that conversation by saying, how have you been? How are you doing? How do you feel about coming back to work, honestly? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And as long as, a kind of, as long as you do that in a non-judgmental way um, and you give them the assurances that they can trust you, then I think that can be a really powerful tool for for line managers and employers. Um, And again, I'd go back to the second top tip and say that if you can do a little bit of research, maybe again, share what's been useful for you during the lockdown period and what's useful for you heading back to work and just suggest some of those positive coping strategies that we talk about 
for your employees, suggest that they take time for themselves, suggest that they build it into their schedule, perhaps even um, create a space within the workplace to take a little time for ourselves each day or for yeah. each week, yeah, um, set up networks perhaps, mm-hmm. so take yeah. passionate individuals um, from across your organisation and say, look, let's set up a network um, where we can all come together and talk about our feelings, talk about how we've found this period, talk about what our challenges and concerns are going forward. So there's certainly some things that we can do to get ahead of the game as employers, I think. Yeah. And how about those people then where it might even be too much for them to to reduce their anxiety with communication and self-care? Is there anything else that we can do at all? Yeah, so there's some other factors that are really important in our mental health anyway, but I think they apply really um, well to this situation as well. Um, I'm a big advocate for community in terms of looking after our mental health. So again, as I kind of alluded to just there, finding like-minded individuals that you feel comfortable to talk about with things. Um, There may be opportunities to um, volunteer, which might not sound like something you'd want to do straight away if you're struggling yourself, but I've actually found that the healing power of volunteering my time or whatever it might be to other people, just giving a little bit of yourself can actually help raise your mood as well and help reduce stress and anxiety for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's basics, um, and that's not to underplay them, but they are basic fundamentals of our well-being, which would be sleep, nutrition and exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're worried about returning to work and it's all getting a little bit much for you and you're still stuck in the house in lockdown, perhaps on that Sunday before you head back to work, go out for a nice long walk or make sure you have a good night's sleep for the preceding two, three nights. Um, get and a to, nice dinner. Yeah, get to bed early. Maybe, yeah, maybe treat yourself to something that um, you really enjoy and then plan your meals for the yeah, week ahead. Get because, a nice lunch ready for the next day. Yeah, because firstly, that gives you something to look forward to. But what we perhaps don't think about is how that gives us a sense of control. That's something we mm. can control. Um, when everything else feels like it might be spiralling out of control and there's so many uncertainties around then just planning our meals out, planning our commute maybe. Mm. Um, maybe if we can, set off a little earlier and walk to work, if that's possible. That might not be for everybody. Or but if, if it's not, people could park further away or get off a stop earlier or something yeah. like that to, so they can incorporate walking into their commute. Yeah, they sound really potentially really silly little things, but um, they can have a massive impact mm. um, on our well-being and just reducing our anxiety. And I think it's really important as well to stress that if you are struggling with your anxiety, your stress, um, struggling to come to terms with emotions, struggling to sleep, anything that's having a real effect on your life ahead of returning to work, then it's really important to reach out for professional help if you think it's something that you need as well. Um, There's so much good support out there, whether it's just going along to your GP, um, reaching out to somebody Um, like MIND, who are the UK National Mental Health Charity. They have great advice on everything mental health and so many different groups and initiatives that can help with Mm -hmm. all the issues that we might have with our mental health. Um, And also something like the Samaritans. And when I say the word Samaritans to some people, they're kind of a bit edgy about it because they associate it with more acute um, mental health conditions or with a crisis situation. I always think of a crisis with Samaritans. Yeah, Yeah, and that's because that's kind of in society that's what we've come to understand that they do but actually a massive part of what they do is just being a non-judgmental anonymous listening service so mm-hmm. whatever your worries anxieties stresses might be then someone like the samaritans or the shout text service yes. um 
they're just there to listen to you um, and to kind of validate what you're feeling and to try and help you um, and there's no judgment or advice given or anything like that it's all signposting to what might be useful for you um, and just getting that off your chest taking that weight off your shoulders can be the biggest step I find yeah and we've got a full list of where you can find those services as well on the website along with some self-care toolkits that you can download so all that's on the website startwithin.co.uk and if you'd like to find out more information about return to work anxiety specifically then please visit our website as Abby said there or get in touch with me directly to discuss return to work anxiety workshops for your organisation or your community. Uh, You can contact me via email and I'm on mike at startwithin.co.uk. Okay, well, thanks everyone and have a great week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.